Hey guys, it's me, Overreactor. Welcome to the next episode of Official Time Out. In this episode, we are going to be discussing section 4.5 regarding fouling out and expulsions. And these rules come from WFTDA.com. That's Women's Flat Track Derby Association. All right, here's the rule. When seven penalties are recorded for a skater, that skater fouls out of the game. This includes penalties assessed to a skater on behalf of someone else. Examples include penalties assessed to a captain or a blocker on behalf of their team. Expulsions are a way to penalize a skater or team staff who has committed an act that is sufficiently dangerous or unsporting as to remove the individual from the game for that action alone. Negligent, intentional, or reckless actions should be considered for expulsion independently of their impact. A substitute must serve the penalty for an expelled skater. If a non-skater is expelled, the team's captain will serve the penalty when possible as a blocker, but no penalty will be recorded for the captain. I don't know if you guys can hear this, but my cat dude bro is in my lap and he is a purr monster. Oh my goodness, let me see if I could put the microphone close to him. <laughs> He's a sweetie pie, but that's uh, that's what's going on. Okay, here we go. Continuing with the rule. In the event that a skater is to be removed from play, either due to fouling out or expulsion, that skater's penalty time should begin as soon as possible. Timing for a fouled out skater begins when either the skater or an appropriate substitute between jams is seated in the penalty box or after the foul out is confirmed between officials during the jam. If a skater is removed from the game mid-jam, their penalty will be timed as if a skater were seated even though there is no skater formally in the box. If the jam ends before the time is complete, the skater's team must be given the opportunity to substitute a different skater to serve the remainder of the penalty in the same position as the removed skater. Substitutions may not occur during the jam in which the skater is removed. The head referee is the only official with the authority to expel a skater, manager, coach, or similar team staff. Other officials may recommend expulsions to the head referee. Okay, we're gonna take a quick little break and then jump right into the casebook scenarios associated with section 4.5 of the WFTDA rules. Okay, welcome back. Let's talk about the casebook scenarios associated with section 4.5 of the WFTDA rulebook regarding fouling out and expulsions. Here's a quick recap of the rule. Expulsions are a way to penalize a skater or team staff who has committed an act that is sufficiently dangerous or unsporting as to remove the individual from the game for that action alone. Scenario C 4.5.A, and there are three scenarios, it looks like. One, A, B, A, B, C, yeah. 
All right, A. While in bounds and in play, white blocker initiates an extremely forceful block with a legal blocking zone to a legal target zone on red blocker. Red blocker is knocked airborne, crashes to the track, and remains still until the jam is called for injury. Red captain calls an official review and requests that white blocker be expelled for an egregious hit. The outcome. No penalty. The rationale. The rules dictate the manner in which skaters may block, and White Blocker met all those standards. A skater may not be expelled for legal play. That makes sense. I mean, you can't be expelled because you're really strong, you know? Um, you did everything legally, or I say you, but you know, the skater. Legal blocking zone, legal target zone, just it was a big hit. Can't be expelled for being powerful. All right, scenario C 4.5.B. Red Jammer races to the penalty box to serve their penalty. They shout, I can't stop, and crash into the box. The chairs are knocked backward into a penalty box official. Red Jammer apologizes, but complains about how dirty the floor is in front of the box. The outcome, Red Jammer is expelled. The rationale, Unsafe play in respect to officials, especially those not wearing safety equipment, is held to a different standard than unsafe play in respect to other skaters. It is incumbent on the skater to enter the box in a safe manner, not on the official to avoid impact. Keep in mind, if an official is unable to avoid the impact because of the constraints of the venue, this still represents unsafe play due to the constraints of the venue. The skater must be aware of their track environments, including any limitations of space in the box. Mitigating environmental factors that aren't expected to be present, such as water on the track, can be taken into consideration when deciding whether to expel the skater. Also keep in mind, skaters are expected to be in control of themselves and their bodies at all times, not just upon entry to the box. However, opponents, teammates, team staff, and officials in close proximity to the track during active gameplay also bear some responsibility for avoiding contact with skaters. Contact made to individuals or equipment in areas of active gameplay should only be penalized if the contact is forceful and reasonably avoidable. You know, it's a really good point they make here about being aware of your environment. Um, it would probably be a good practice when your team is warming up and even for the skating and non-skating officials, when you're moving around the track and the space in general, just be aware, is there rocks on the floor that need to be picked up if it's a concrete venue? Or um, is there an air conditioner that's leaking water that needs to be uh, fixed or something? Uh, is there a limited space? What kind of chairs do they have? You know, those kinds of things. Take that time and just familiarize yourself with your surroundings. Okay, scenario C 4.5.C. Red blocker receives their seventh penalty and immediately leaves the track. Knowing they have fouled out of the game, they go to their bench, collect their belongings, and exit to the locker room without reporting to the penalty box. The outcome. No, no additional penalties are warranted. Red blocker's penalty time starts during the jam once the penalty box officials are made aware that red blocker has fouled out. 
or when a substitute is seated for the next jam. The rationale. Once a skater fouls out, their penalty time starts when they are seated in the penalty box. However, by not reporting to the box to take a seat, that moment never happens. The penalty box officials may be instructed to begin timing once the foul out is confirmed, but if that communication is not possible before the end of the jam, then the fouled out skater's time begins when a substitute takes their place for the next jam. Keep in mind, if the skater had not fouled out but leaves the jam for other reasons, such as equipment malfunction or injury, their time does not start until they are seated or a substitute is seated in their place for the next jam. All right. Well, those are all of the scenarios regarding fouling out, and that is everything in section four. And I am really excited because now... We are almost ready. Well, next week we'll be ready to move into section five, which is all about officiating. And that is going to be really exciting for those of you who are officials, non-skating officials and the like, or even if you're a skater and want to know more about what goes into the staffing of the game um, and what the referees do, I think it would be really important. So I'm looking forward to next week and I can't wait to talk at you then. All right. Goodbye.